superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm a peacock. You gotta let me fly. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Carson Wentz here on the Rich Eisen Show. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. It just says ankle. It no longer is plural. Gonna throw it way downfield. Michael Pippen, he catches it. The Rich Eisen Show. Calais Campbell on the Rich Eisen Show. All you do is take advantage of the moment in front of you. Hard game over! Today's guest, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. ESPN NBA insider, Brian Windhorst. Plus, Steelers wide receiver, Chase Claypool. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show live here in Los Angeles, California. I am your humble host, Rich Eisen, thus the name of the show, which I'll be very honest with you, I was genuinely concerned about uh, coming to work today. Almost canceled the show because there's nothing to talk about. Hold on a minute. Nothing going on. I'm being told everything is happening at once. Okay. Everything's happening at once. One thing at a time, Rich. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right. Thank goodness we got three hours here on Peacock, I mean, Sirius we can do XM. Six today, probably. Yeah, we might need that. This terrestrial radio station, Odyssey streaming After app. You're right. listening to us on our podcast uh, wherever you are. I hope you packed a lunch, dinner, whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. um, how are you, Chris? Good to see you. Uh, Chris I'm, Brockman. I'm, I'm good and I'm not good. Well, you here's, I mean? here's why you're good is because you're following baseball again. Congratulations. Yeah, he's a fan. There you go. All right. All right. George. Yes, that is, that is the real good. You shift you shifted the rays right out. Your Red yeah, Sox shifted the rays right yeah. out. Bye bye. Uh, cry oh my cry in your binders, Rays fans. There you go. So uh bye bye. Sorry to everybody in Central Florida oh. who thinks Chris is a mass hole, but guess what? He is. <laughs> they still got Brady down. I've got so to be me. Uh, good to see you, Mike Del Tufo. How good are you over there? Doing well, uh, other than the fact I didn't want the Red Sox to win. Oh, and I'm not good, Rich, because I got got by Lamar last night. And or in fantasy. Oh. I was up forty four and well, he scored fifty. Well, uh, well, <laughs> hate to break it to you. You know what I mean? Um, Colts were up 19 in yeah. real life and, oh, and got, well, got yeah, right. in real life. Right. So and they're now one and four in apologies. real life. I'm one and four in fantasy. There you go. You're Whoa. the Colts. You're the Colts. Colts. How are your ankles? You're both angry. One of them's a little. And so, angry. look, normally we'd be starting the show just going all in on that incredible, incredible Monday night finale. You know, and we will discuss it at length throughout the show, including right now. Carson Wentz played the best game he's played in like two years. Whatever his best last best yep. game for the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles was, yep. where he hardly made a mistake. And and he balled out and he got them in position as much as he possibly could. And made plays yeah. and was staring down 
a former MVP of the league and going point for point when needed to and then put the other MV, put the other quarterback in a deep hole, whatever that game was for the Philadelphia Eagles, he played that for the Colts last night. And the Colts looked terrific. They looked like a team that was ready to position themselves to dig out of that one and three hole. You got to do it one game at a time. And two and three would have put them one game right behind the Titans in the AFC South. And that would have been a big, huge gift to the Pittsburgh Steelers who were staring at that 19-point Colt lead, 22-3. to Staring uh, a, a remarkable week five for a team that was dead in the water at one and three. Had the Ravens lost, every team in the AFC North would have lost other than the Steelers. They would have gained a game on the entire rest of their division and then sat just one game out of first place. Instead, the Ravens remarkable season rolls on they are now four and one and normally again we would just be talking all about Lamar Jackson accounting for 95 percent of the Ravens offense and that's not an exaggeration that's the exact number (laughs) that he accounted for last night that was amazing and 442 yards in the air and he 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 threw it 43 times he missed on only six passes and he ran at 62 yards. 350 yards in the second half. He was unreal. Unreal. He was unreal. And is making his case for a second straight MVP. And I I am not stuttering when I'm saying yeah, that. Yeah, I got some I'm of those tweets I'm not second straight. A second, yeah, yeah. a second MVP of his career. I got some of those tweets last night. And why not? I'll make this case right here, right now. Because we are talking, rightfully so, about Josh Allen being an MVP at 4-1 and one, and Kyler Murray at 5-0 and oh being a, a, an MVP candidate. And Herbert and Tom Brady. And Tom Brady. Legit. <clears throat> legit. And Dak. Dak. Okay, Dak. pardon me. Uh, I mean, do you need a lozenge over there? Well, I mean, you, first of all, you skipped me to come in the come around introduction, well, I so I had, no, I had to I say hello. hello. I said hello. Then you were going to skip my quarterback, oh, too. My so I couldn't let us both get skipped is all I'm saying. It's Hi, okay. TJ. It's okay to skip yeah. me, but you can't skip that's, Dak. That's <laughs> I said hello to him. Sensitive. No, there, it's okay. Though. Let me make the case for Lamar Jackson as MVP once again. This Ravens team in late August lost not one, but two running backs due to knee injuries. Poof, gone. J.K. Dobbins, gone. Gus Edwards, gone. And then two snaps later, top corner, Marcus Peters. Gone. Knee injury. Knee injury. ACLs for everybody, unfortunately, on all three of them. Gone. And then they have to go to Las Vegas, Nevada, and open up that building with fans in it for the first time and played an insane game that they had won and then they lost in overtime with mere seconds to go. They're 0-1. And a hard 0-1, like a gut Wrenching, heart ripped out, 0-1 with that being the start of a season that started with that nightmarish training camp scenario. And now four wins in a row for this team. Now, yeah, did they get a, a big-time takeaway against the Chiefs who were ready to beat them? Uh-huh. Yeah, they got that. Did they get... A 66-yard field goal bounced off a crossbar and through and not back into the field of play after all of Detroit thought it should be a 71-yard field goal because of a delay of game penalty that didn't get called. Yeah, that happened. 
did they uh, also sneak in a uh, a record tying 44th straight 100 yard game on a eh, what's the word for it? Let's use questionable. It's a it's a family show. Fishy run with four seconds to go of a game that we're already winning 23-7. Yeah, I got that. And then they get last night too, down 19 to force overtime. Yeah, they got that. Did they get a whole bunch of banged up Indianapolis Colts, including somebody straight off the practice squad trying to <laughs> trying to keep up with Ravens wide receivers like Hollywood Brown pulling double moves on them? Sure, that happened. Got to beat everyone in front of him. And the way that you keep doing that is belief. Belief. Calais Campbell, who put up his big, huge paw last night to knock down a field goal that would have essentially iced the game last night. He was on this show. Guys and bump last week. Yeah, let's call it that. But let's also say that he was talking about belief, talking about a Super Bowl, talking about overcoming what happened in training camp. Why? He said Lamar Jackson. That kid is special. Everyone in that building believes in him. Coaching staff changed the entire offense for him. And last night, when they needed him, and they needed him bad, and they needed one more 100-yard game on the ground in order to win this thing. And they needed another one to actually get this 100-yard game record. What happened? He wings it all over the lot. And they win that football game because of his arm and his legs to create for his arm. And just the belief. 95% of the offense last night. 499 of the 523 total yards of offense last night, thanks to the arm and the legs of Lamar Jackson. He accounted for 95%, and he missed on only six passes. That's an MVP performance. We'll talk more about it on this show. Middle of the game last night, news crosses that John Gruden is resigning as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, and I'll just say this. His position was no longer tenable in the National Football League. Period. End of story. I, I'll just say this. What grown man sits at a computer and uses the word f- and types it out and hits send? I cannot comprehend that. I'm sorry. What type of person in the National Football League, I don't care if you're in the booth or you're on a field, or what have you. It doesn't matter they wasn't the coach of the Raiders at the time. Who, who types in the stuff that John Gruden typed into Bruce Allen and send, hit send? And the fact that Gruden felt comfortable enough to send it to a league executive because maybe the league executive talked the same way? I mean, Bruce Allen has something to account for today, as does the entire Washington football team outfit. I'm just going to spit truth here. Because clearly there was a culture in that building that Gruden felt comfortable sending these emissives to. And women can't do the job of officiating? Are you out of your mind? What century is this? And then to refer to Michael Sam as a queer, like he's Archie friggin' Bunker. Like, what is that about? How toxic must you be to have that in your brain to type into a keyboard and hit send? How how angry are you? Un 
tenable to have a head coach of the NFL in this corporate world, in this corporate structure. You are the face front individual. To have that stuff written on a keyboard 10 years, 10 years ago, doesn't matter who's in the ESPN booth. Now it comes out and it's untenable to walk into that locker room as well with what was written before about Demoris Smith. And he's talking about the NFL PA chief executive who is a man of color. And he said that he's talking about his rubber lips or whatever. Like he refers to people who lie as rubber lips. And thus, that's why he talked about his lips being the size of Michelin tires. And he doesn't have a racist bone in his body. Some of his players said, you know, they accepted his apology or what have you. And then they looked like they they were they looked like they were sleepwalking against the, the Bears on Sunday. And now you have to understand why. Because players, when they hear this stuff, sit here and think, what else is in this man's mind and his heart right now as he's talking to me right now? We talked all about how Urban Meyer has blown to smithereens whatever trust he was asking his players to have in him based on him not flying home with the team and then appearing on everybody's social media feed the way that he did with the time that he had as PTO during an NFL season. We talk about that. How can he walk into the locker room where the first openly gay player in the National Football League plies his craft after he refers to Michael Sam as somebody letting queers play in the game, that the league forced Jeff Fisher to draft queers? How do you walk into that locker room where everybody rightfully is surrounding Carl Nassib for the courage he had to say, hey, I'm gay and I'm an NFL player. So what? How can you walk into that locker room with all of this out there? Certainly since that was in your heart 10 years ago to actually put it into a keyboard and hit send to another human being in an email. How dumb do you have to be too in this day and age? By the way, Guilty is charged. Let me just tell you this. How can you walk into that locker room and say everything that I told you to your face and to you as men after Carl did what he did and we talked about how great it was that what he did and we just don't even talk about it here because he's just one of us. Just happens to like other men. And... He wants love just like every other human being in the world wants love and to be loved. How can you walk in that locker room when this stuff's out there? How can you stroll on the sideline and talk to the female side judge? Hey, be fair today. Are you out of your mind? Honestly. So. On the day also that the Brooklyn Nets tell Kyrie that as long as you are unvaccinated, we're not going to have you around at all. We are not going to have you play on the road and then not play at home. We cannot have somebody, as they said, permit any member of our team to participate with part-time availability, which we'll discuss later on on this show. I'll just finish up with this as we get set for Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, to talk about the John Gruden scenario. I will just say this. 
great day for the sports media culture warriors looking for clicks. <laughs> great day for them. An even better day for those of us who walk around on planet Earth, and I feel there's a lot of us, who feel there should be respect for others, <laughs> that words matter, that inclusivity is a beautiful thing, that talking about others with love and affection and respect is what we want from everyone else. And also for those who feel like public health trumps all. A great day for us, too. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Let's talk. Why not? Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk will join us next. What's the next step for the Las Vegas Raiders? I've got two words for you on that front, which I'll tell you later on. Mike and Mayock, you got the right guy in the building. We'll talk about that later on. Also ahead, Brian Winhorst on Ben If I told you when we left here, mm-hmm. Friday, not yesterday. Friday, I was like yesterday. Friday, that by end of day Monday, John Gruden's out. Ben Simmons back in Philadelphia. Craziness. Simmons is back in Philadelphia. What does that mean? And again, the Brooklyn Nets tell Kyrie Irving, love you, need you. Want you, but not if you're only available half the time because you won't do what most of us on this team are doing, required to do, in order to work in this building in the city of New York. Lots to talk about. Oh my gosh, my four downs and more. 844204 Rich number for you to dial to have a conversation with us. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, when we come back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show with our terrestrial radio audience rejoining our stream here live on NBC Sports on Peacock, on NBC Sports Audio, uh, on Sirius XM. We also stream for free every day for your Eargate pleasure on Odyssey. The Cumulus Podcast Network is the home to our podcast. Please check us out there as well. 
um, and uh, and give us a uh, a little subscribe. That way you can get all three hours right on your phone every single day. If you miss anything, you can also catch it on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Hit us with a subscribe there as well. We greatly appreciate all that. you got to say rate five stars too, Rich. you got to include that. Wait, oh, rate oh, yeah, us five yeah. stars? Yeah, subscribe and rate five See, stars. See, pro- my problem with doing that is whenever I've done that, like, you know, the people at Cumulus were like, hey, send out a tweet to say, rate us five stars. Right. I do that. Some a-hole then goes and purposely sticks oh, purpose. us with a one star. Right. Yes. Right. Well, you those know, people are haters. Yes. You know, and you it's, know I mean? you know. They do that on their YouTube so I page. Just, I just leave it to your discretion. That's all. <laughs> they do it on their YouTube page. Like, we'll get like 80 uh, thumbs up and there'll be like one person who just has to thumb down the like, video. Well, like, so last night I'm, you know, doing the Monday Night Football um, uh, halftime show, mm-hmm. pregame show for Westwood One. And um, the interview that we did with Austin Eckler yesterday was so delightful. He's Amazing. so terrific. I said to Westwood One, "Let if you want, you can use that for halftime yeah. as well. We're all set to go. Then Gruden resigns. And, <laughs> and I reach out to the man with whom I was texting at that very moment. Yeah. Hey, do you want to come on and talk about it? And he said yes. And now he's back here on the Rich Eisen hey. Show. He is Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great, Rich. And today is so crazy. Mm-hmm. I will admit to you freely, and mm-hmm. I currently seek the forgiveness of the folks at NBC News. I double booked, and you won Oh, the face-off. Oh, Oh, did you tell? I rarely double book, but when I do, it's first in, first out. Did you? you Hold on a second. Did you tell Hallie Jackson to pound sand? Is that what you did on MSNBC? Is that what you did? It may have been Andrea Mitchell. Oh, Oh, no. Hold on a minute. Your passport might get revoked. She knows people, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Careful. Well, I appreciate that. And they're, they're still, I've, I've let them know I double booked, and they're still texting me frantically, so this is an interesting few minutes. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. I honor my commitments, specifically uh, the commitments I make before I make other conflicting commitments. <laughs> Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, highly in demand, uh, making his appointed round here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, so what, what happened, um, Mike, to cause John Gruden to... Um, stick with, um, you know, his, his, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, his guns uh, last week, uh, and then last night basically say, I'm done. What happened? Well, it's stunning to me, Rich, because when the NFL acknowledged the situation on Friday, and it was kind of a strange timeline, the Wall Street Journal broke the story about the one email that referred to DeMora Smith, the NFLPA executive director with the racist trope, but... There was also a statement from the league in the Wall Street Journal's article, and there was an acknowledgement that there are more items, there are more materials that were sent to the Raiders. And it became clear to me last night, and as this was all unfolding kind of minute by minute, Shefty was on the Monday Night Countdown show saying that the league sent even more materials on Monday to the Raiders, and the league is waiting for the Raiders' next move. And Then the New York Times article drops, and it drops with a very loud explosion that results in Gruden resigning within an hour. And I think it was very simple, Rich. They were hoping that Gruden would walk away or that Mark Davis would fire him. And when they didn't pick up on that fairly obvious nuance to all of this, when you send these materials, there's one piece that's been leaked. There's other pieces that haven't been leaked. When they don't figure out that the next phase of this is some of this other stuff is going to get leaked, then you leak some of it, and that's when I think John Gruden realized, oh, all this stuff's going to eventually come out. 
I better just walk away. And there's probably more. They're just not in a position now to have any incentive to leak it. And Gruden, if he would have quit Friday night or mm. Saturday or Sunday or even yesterday morning, all we would have ever known about is the one email that was leaked to the Wall Street Journal last week. So I think this was a deliberate effort by someone to get John Gruden out of that job, either via resignation or termination. Mm. You know, I mean, I, 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 I kind of went all in on it in the first segment of the show. I didn't even give the, the usual that I've, you know, I've known John and I've been around him. You know, he worked at the NFL Network before he went to ESPN and I didn't see any anything, any of this behavior. I never heard that language before. I didn't even, I didn't even give that one. I, I just, you know, even though that is true, I never heard him say anything like that. I, I just couldn't believe what I was reading last night. Just that, that. Is this basically, you know, in your your estimation, the tip of an iceberg? You just mentioned that there you could be more. What 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 else do you think was was said in these emails, and why why only leak about Gruden? Well, what, there could the be more there? Gruden emails that are just well, other read... examples of the stuff that we're now aware of. But you know, on one hand, you could look at this as Gruden's the outlier. On the other hand, you look you could look at it and say well, this is just indicative of anyone and everyone who's involved in the NFL in some capacity. Or instead of guessing, we could see what's there in this 650,000 email trove that the NFL initially buried underground 300 feet like nuclear waste back in July. That's where this all started, Rich. And look, the NFL which understands PR as well as any major corporation, they knew when to drop the results of the Washington football team investigation. Late afternoon on Thursday, July 1. When July 4 lands on a Sunday, what happens? It's a four-day weekend. By Tuesday the 6th, everyone had forgotten, and no one was saying, now wait a minute, you're telling me you did an investigation that lasted for over a year, and you didn't ask the lawyer to prepare a written report. That never happens. Lawyers get hired to investigate. They prepare a written report. They document their findings. And you're never going to release any of this, and there's no transparency, and we're not going to find out what was learned from all these interviews. And they had some cockamamie excuse like, well, we promised confidentiality to some of the alleged accusers. Well, that, that doesn't mean you can't still release information and protect the identity of people who made accusations. That happens all the time. But it all went away. But now they go back to that well for just a few little pieces, a few pages, because they have some other agenda that they need to fulfill. And I, I don't know, because I, I, a lot of people are onto this now. And I'm hearing from readers and viewers who otherwise wouldn't care about these kinds of machinations. They're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How does Gruden become the one who gets singled out to have his emails exposed when he wasn't even working for the team? And all the other stuff's going to be hidden. And that's not a defense of Gruden. It's a recognition of you can't hide the iceberg. There is an iceberg. You can't just say, well, Gruden did this and Gruden did that and Gruden, 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 and forget about everything else. What did Daniel Snyder say in emails sent to Bruce Allen? There's a lot of nervous people around the league today, Rich, because Bruce Allen knew a lot of people. And Bruce Allen emailed with a lot of people. And there's people in the league office that are nervous about this because they emailed with Bruce Allen. And I say they. I know of one that I'm not going to disclose for now. But there's nervous people out there. Well, let's see all of it. It's not fair to us, to Gruden, to anyone to have us guess what else is out there. They have it. And we know they have it because they leaked the stuff that relates to John Gruden or at least some of that stuff. Mike Florio, Pro, Fo Pro Football Talk. 
here on the Rich Eisen Show. And now, now, now let's t- get to the what next for the Raiders. Um, what a job um, now to try and clean this up, you know? And I, I, that locker room must be filled with tons of players who feel violated. You know what I mean? Like for the, the, the players of color, for Carl Nassib, for the players that were rallying around their teammates of color and Carl Nassib, um, to, to, to think that was Gruden full of it the entire time, you know, and that's going to be something if John wants to deal with with these men to try and, 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 and rectify in the middle of a season that just eight days ago when they took to the field here in Los Angeles and so far they were 3-0 and and we're talking about a Super Bowl potential campaign for this team. Uh, I, I cannot imagine. What is the plan, do you think, here to try and rectify all this, coaching staff and, and everything else? I'm not sure what you can do. I mean, Gruden's gone and he isn't going to be back. Rich Passaccia takes over, but Passaccia's got ties to Gruden. If I'm a player on that locker room, I look at Passaccia and say, well, why should I regard him any differently right now than I would regard John Gruden? Which guy on this staff can I trust? Which guy can I not trust. How many of these guys are just like Gruden? And here's the problem with Gruden, and this goes back years. Chris Sims talked about it today on PFT Live. He played for Gruden in Tampa Bay 2003 to 2006. And I used to do weekly radio with Steve Dumick. He passed away a couple of years ago. But Dumick told me back when Gruden was the Buccaneers coach mm-hmm. that he had a well-earned reputation for saying one thing doing another, being extremely and blatantly two-faced. And Sims tells those stories how he'll be talking about a guy and saying horrible things about him, and the guy walks into the room, hey, man, I love you, you're my guy. Players are smart enough to figure that out. And that reputation hung with Gruden his entire time as a head coach, and I think that's part of the confusion now for the players who maybe weren't clued into that yet, who hadn't been around long enough to understand it, they're going to be confused. And I think the question becomes, in whom do you put your trust now that Gruden is gone, but all the guys Gruden hired to help him coach are still there? That's going to be the challenge, is getting, getting those players to turn the page on John Gruden. And it becomes a challenge for Mark Davis. It becomes a challenge for Mike Mayock. It becomes a challenge for Rich Passaccia and everyone else in the power structure there. I, I, you know, because you and I were... were, were bandying it about first blush last night on halftime of the Westwood one Monday night football broadcast, you know, Gus Bradley was a name that we brought up and, you know, he, he's one of those sunny disposition, you know, high energy Pete Carroll type guys that I'm, I'm wondering if they didn't turn to him because, you know, obviously he has head coaching experience in Jacksonville because the defense has gone so well with him locking down on that that they don't want him now handling all phases and figuring out when to call timeouts and things like that, right? Maybe that was the decision? I I guess that's it, but Rich, he's one of the few guys on that staff that I think the locker room would look to and say he's really not a quote-unquote Gruden Gruden guy. guy. He's the guy who was brought in after the first Gruden guy was made a scapegoat because the defense wasn't good enough and Paul Gunther got thrown overboard. So Gus Bradley's the guy to come fix it. I mean, Bradley and Gruden were together for five games, and I think Bradley would have had an easier time than Basaccia to get the players at large to, to distinguish and differentiate and distance Gruden from the assistant head coach. That really, to me, and I hadn't thought about it until we have had this conversation, but mm-hmm. I don't know that Basaccia is the right choice just from that standpoint. I think you need distance from Gruden or you're still going to have guys in the locker room 
not really understanding what the hell's going on, and it doesn't take much to throw a guy off when you're talking about these very physical and emotionally draining games that we see teams playing each and every week, one after another. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, okay, so where 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 do things stand? I guess with Urban Meyer, because uh, you know he was the coach uh, that we were talking quite a bit about about him potentially being uh, a game or two away from having a, a very long relationship that we all assumed was going to blossom, uh, cut short, um, shockingly, uh, get cut shockingly short, you know, now here's Gruden for obviously different reasons um, out. What is going on with Urban in Jacksonville right now as they head to London, which you know is a Bermuda Triangle for hot seat coaches Oh, absolutely, Mike. and especially with the bye on the back end, and for most of these London games, the teams that play in them have a bye right after that, and that, that creates the, the perfect storm for a coaching change to be made. It, it was only 12 days ago, and my God, it seems like 12 months ago, that Urban Meyer did not accompany his team from <laughs> Cincinnati back to Jacksonville, and th- that's the unforgivable sin in my mind. That's the abandonment of his post. Tony Dungy explained it so well to me on Sunday. You know, it's not just a matter of failing – to go back with the team and be with them elbow to elbow, arm in arm as they process this disappointing loss and then get back to work with those three extra days because you're going to need them with the Titans coming to town, as we obviously saw. But it's about responsibility for your team. What if there's a fight among players on that plane? What if there's an argument? What if one of the players decides he's going to speak his mind to one of the assistant coaches. Where's the head coach? He's responsible for everything. What if the flight gets diverted because of weather? What if somebody has a heart attack on the plane? Mm. What if there's any, anything that can happen? Where's the captain? He's nowhere to be found. And to me, that's the thing that is going to haunt Urban Meyer forever. And I know the people in the organization have been watching two things, Rich. One, whether to what extent Urban Meyer told the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth when he was questioned last Monday by owner Shad Khan. And what are the Jaguars doing to confirm or debunk whatever story he provided? And then number two, what happens next? What's the next thing that shows Urban Meyer's not fit to be an NFL coach? I mean, yesterday he was talking about they hope to have 250 yards rushing and 250 yards passing every week, which shows he has no understanding of how the NFL works. <laughs> That's never happened It's only happened in a given game 33 times since the merger. Nobody's (laughs) averaging 250 rushing, 250 passing. And it just just underscores that that he thinks it's Ohio State versus Rutgers each and every week, even after he's gotten his butt kicked five straight weeks by teams that aren't among the very best in the NFL. So I, I, I think that it's not over, whether it's after the London game, whether it's after the season or somewhere in between. It just feels like this all is pointing to one and done or maybe less than one and done for Urban Meyer. You know, and I also, because I pointed out to my guy Brockman here, who's got a, a 18 months cage at home, right? 19 now. Uh, Mike, so you understand, you know, that it, it, it struck me when Urban said, we're desperate, and then Trevor Lawrence like, yeah, we're not desperate. And he's like, yeah, well, we didn't sneak it because he's not comfortable being under center, you know, being a college kid coming into the pros and all. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm comfortable with it. Like, that struck me as like, when when my kid's trying to split my wife and I uh, on a decision, you know, at home, and Susie and I, my wife and I, we have to get on the same page before we talk to the kids, you know, and it's just like a, it's it's a it's a rule of tenet of parenting, and coaching is kind of like parenting, 
and the fact that they're not on the same page after that loss as well, and they're heading to London, where Shad Khan, as we all know, is a, as my parents would say in the house, he's a big macher there in London. You know, they're playing in his building, for crying out loud. Trent Krim of the Independents and all that world from Ted Lasso are going to be asking questions of Urban, that this has all the makings of the tinderbox. And even though the cons and Urban are hoping this is just going to pass and they can get back to business of trying to grow this franchise, I, I, don't, I don't see it is what I'm saying right now. No, you're right. And the question becomes, at what point does Shad Khan recognize through his own ego and vanity that he made a mistake? And we see that in the NFL all the time. And the best coaches, the best executives, the best owners understand that if you've made a mistake, the best thing you can do is admit it to yourself and everyone else. Because if you double down and triple down, it only gets worse. It doesn't suddenly turn around. And I, I think that that's what some of the folks in the Jaguars organization are watching and waiting for now. Will Shot Khan admit it? Because he's wanted Urban Meyer for like a decade. Of course. Why and not? And it. why not? And why not? That's why I'm so surprised about this. I really am. And, you know, I've got a co- bunch of college people, and I'm sure you do too, and uh, who, are, who got their ears to the ground there saying, why are you so surprised? Like, you know, there, there's always been drama everywhere he's been. And I'm like, but I can't believe that it's no team playing video comes out. Um, you know, uh, and and the warning signs were stuff like I, what I thought was kind of funny that he told Vic Fangio that everybody's Alabama here in the NFL. You know, like I, I'm, I am kind of surprised we're in this position with him six weeks in. Mike. I am, but I'm not. Because for a guy who was never an NFL coach in any way, shape, or form, and I know, here's what happens. Whether it's Chip Kelly, whether it's Greg Schiano, whether it's Urban Meyer, whoever it is, when that college coach shows up, I think a lot of people in our business assume that he's going to be the next Jimmy Johnson and praise him as if he's going to be the next Jimmy Johnson and hope to expand their potential access to him in the event he becomes the next Jimmy Johnson, that there isn't enough healthy cynicism to say, here's another one who's over his skis. Here's another one who doesn't get it. Here's another one who hasn't worked in the world of grown-ass men and thinks he can just show up and coach these guys like he coached in college. I didn't mention Steve Spurrier. I mean, Meyer is far closer to Spurrier than Jimmy Johnson. Meyer's a guy who thinks you can keep bankers' hours, and you can check out and let the staff keep working, and there's not going to be any resentment whatsoever about that. Then you barnstorm in, and you undermine this position coach and that position coach in front of the players, and there's all sorts of stories like that going around. I mean, Meyer thinks he can operate at the NFL level like he did at the college level, and he fails to understand the very fundamental differences, and he doesn't have the curiosity. I think he believes, through his own force of will, he can bend the NFL reality his way and make it like a college game. And it's asinine to think that that's even a possibility because you can't go out and recruit superior talent and just line them up and let them do their thing. You can call out the play. Hey, defense, here's what we're going to do. Good luck stopping it. That doesn't work at the NFL level. And it's those nuances. It's that work. It's the study. It's the strategizing. It's why Bill Belichick has to change the name of his boat every few years from five rings to six rings to eight rings because he's the guy who is the platinum standard when it comes to the connection between what you put in and what you get out. And Meyer's not putting enough in. Plain and simple, he's not putting enough in. 
Mike, appreciate the time. Uh, say hi to Nicole Wallace and your make good on MSNBC <laughs> later, okay? <laughs> Bye. Take care. Like Mike Florio, everybody, mm-hmm. at Pro Football Talk. <laughs> Spitting truth right there. <sighs> Let's take a break. I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm, 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 I'm one of those guys that just uh, – London, I've seen coaches go there and they don't come back. Yep. When they're on the hot seat, something happens in London and there's always a bye week and they're like, let's make the change. And certainly if the Jaguars go there and get beat by the Dolphins who have only one win and they're beaten like a drum by the Dolphins who have only one win and Tua comes off of the, you know, sideline with sore ribs and comes in and wings it around their spot and beats up the Jaguars and they lose – in ways that we've seen teams lose in London before, I I, I don't know how that position remains bye tenable. Bye. Yeah. I, I just don't, which would be a stunning end. And honestly, I'm not trying to speak it into existence. I only talk about stuff that I see and I feel here on this show. It's It, it just surprises me. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the program. We will take your phone calls before Brian Windhorst of ESPN talks about the Kyrie and Ben Simmons news that's breaking in the NBA. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Show. Eisen Show Radio Network, along with Peacock and Sirius XM Channel 211, and everyone on Odyssey streaming us coast to coast. Let's take some phone calls. Joseph in Oklahoma, you're first in, first up on this Tuesday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, sir? Yes, sir. Um, You know, I think it was just the right time for Bruins just to step down. You know, I think, you know, just seeing the emails and everything, I think it was just, you know, I think time was up. And I, I think he felt like that. Things just, he just had to do it and everything. And I have a second question, Rich. Sure. Um, so, you know, those Romo commercials with the beer and everything? Okay. <laughs> All right. Is he going to say Green Hotline from now on? I guess. <laughs> Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. There you go. He did take that over for Gruden. Because you're not you're not allowed to be a spokesperson for alcohol when you're a member of the National Football League, which right. is why Gruden had to get off that hotline and hand it off to Romo. Does that mean Romo's now going to coach the Raiders? Is- I doubt it. <laughs> I would doubt that heavily. I think that would you be a to, pay cut. You have to take a pay cut. Exactly. Yeah. You beat me to it. Beat you to it. Beat you to it. Beat you to it. Yeah. Again, there's there's two ways of looking at this with Gruden. There's the way that the, you know, Sports culture warrior, keyboardists, and radio show hosts, and whatever are going to be talking about it today. The whole whataboutism that you're seeing on your Twitter feed. 
that, you know, Gruden said this and it's not nearly as bad as that or other people that are allowed to play in the game and what he said was just words. doesn't matter that they were tropes and offensive to people. It's just words. <laughs> and that's one way to look at it. And the other way is those words certainly within the locker room matter. Whether you think words don't matter, within the locker room, they matter. To the female officials, they matter. To those who are wondering what's in your heart, it matters. And once that comes out, regardless of how old they are, the fact that you're telling them we're one team, we're one friends, we're one brothers, we're all backing each other regardless of your race, color, creed or who you love in life people are wondering do you really mean it and if they're wondering if you really mean it you can't receive a play from that person that's for sure <laughs> or want to go win for that person want to go play for that person position untenable now what do the Raiders do from here is the question and I am biased it's obvious I'm biased. But I think they got the right guy for the job sitting there as the general manager in Mike Mayock. And let's find out which guys Mike really wanted to draft and really didn't want to draft and what moves Mike made as the general manager because he had to make them because the coach wanted him out or he thought it was the right move. Give him the real shot. Give him the real shot to choose a coach. He chose. He's chosen the right players in terms of a culture change leaders that kid max crosby that's the thing too that just rips me apart when we spoke to max just two weeks ago in advance of the monday night game that capped week four feels like a month ago but it's just a week ago and he was talking about how everybody there is rowing in the right direction the little things they're all doing going to weigh-ins on time going to be there for meetings and there for each other and making sure that everybody is truly backing each other's play, literally and figuratively. And now this poof blows up in their locker room, not of their doing whatsoever. How do you repair that? Well, it's going to be on Rich Bisaccia, the special teams coach. Let's hope he's got the magic touch just for this year because this team is 3-2 and two and has some ability to make some hay in this league this year. But moving forward, you've got the right guy in the building. No nonsense. His door was always open for us at NFL Network. You didn't like sometimes what you heard when you walked through the door, I'll tell you that. Certainly on live television. I've walked through that door with Mike. But I think he's the right guy for the job. And I think he's going to choose the right guy for the job if given the opportunity to find the right guy for the job. Now, you're already hearing Philly guy in Mayock give him the ropes and the reins, right, to ride this horse. And there's another Philly guy sitting at home who won a Super Bowl looking for work. There's Doug Peterson sitting out there. And you're already seeing those dots being connected. The question is, is what will Mark Davis do to allow these dots to get connected? Again, if you're looking for a guy who knows the league, obviously Mike has not got any long-term experience in terms of management. He's never hired a coach, I would imagine. 
His dad was a coach. He knows what coaches should be and sound like. He grew up the son of a coach. He knows what's right in the sport. And I know there's a lot of fans of the Raiders who might be, well, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. Why would you trust him to do this sort of thing? Because he's there, and you use the resources of people who's there. And this is a resource that Mark Davis should lean on, because guess what? The resource he was leaning on was not to be trusted at the end of the day. Which is a favorite Mayock phrase. Use Mike. He's sitting right there, Mark. And I think they make they 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 they'd be better off to just stay put with that. He might want to just blow it up and start from scratch. What's going on with Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn? What's going on with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia? Brian Windhorst has those answers. That's next on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, and more of your phone calls at eight four four two zero four Rich.